Steve Spurrier was at South Carolina from 2005 to 2015. Didn't they play in a bowl game one year too? Oh my god, Clemson, South Carolina. No, I didn't. They get banned from their bowl game for fighting. (laughs) I had to play each other in a bowl game. That would be wild if they did. I thought that there was a a brawl that involved one or both of the teams not being like disinvited from their bowl game. That rings a bell. Yeah. Um. (laughs) What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, welcome back to the Wheel Rock Podcast, everyone. This is Mildly Legitimate Conversation Amongst Friends and Lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. Uh, we're at the Wheel Route on Twitter, wheelroutepodcast.gmail.com. And the show is available via Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, things of that nature. Uh, you can also stream the show on the website itself, if I didn't mention that. My name's Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter, at LogonTheDawn. I'm joining you guys uh, from Stewart, Florida, a.k.a. Rainsville, where the rains keep coming, but that's okay. We're going we're gonna to be out here uh, until they stop. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am in the friendly Windy City, once again, of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, I'm also on Twitter.com, at ShankJordan. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably touch on it, but I, I do want to get out ahead of saying how wonderful it was to hear uncle Vern coming through the TV mm-hmm. speakers mm-hmm. in November. I think that was oh, probably absolutely. the best outcome of the masters being delayed is I got to hear a familiar voice at a familiar time. It felt right. <laughs> it was good for my soul. Yeah. He's um like, it, he's just so joyful to look at too. Like he just kind of is like, oh, yeah. he's like, morphing into like sort of an old bullfrog looking man he's, and he's just jolly. he's what are, he's, yes. in, in my like mind like he is the picture of jolly yes <laughs> he left a slug in his ear too long so he's, he's turned into the uh to, to the um the bullfrog uh logan they're called yerks all right so can we get that straight? <laughs> Sorry. All right, yeah. All right. Next time you make fun of me for knowing who started a quarterback for for Bridgewater College in in two thousand and two, just remember we had this conversation. All right. Listen, there's never been any winners in these conversations between us. <laughs> You're right about that. Ah, uh, shouts out Amos Airway. Um, my name is Jason Creck. Uh, I tweet things at Jason Creck. Uh, from yeah Harrisonburg, where it was quite blustery this week. Um, particularly the last day or two. Um, but uh, it's still pretty warm, which I think is is a pleasant surprise and also probably a damning indictment of the climate. But, um, you know. It's supposed to be a warm winter in general, I heard. That's, that's the farmer's almanac is on it. That's the, if, if they say it, so then it's got to be true. They're catching up to global warming. <laughs> yeah. It's finally re- yeah, it's calibrating correctly. They're like, all right, I guess we got to factor this in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to join you guys for this uh, Kyler Murray and Dustin Johnson fan podcast. Boy, I tell you. Oh, speaking of the NFL, Logan, congratulations on your Miami Dolphins. Okay, uh, my Miami Dolphins. 
Hey, listen. Life, was, lifelong Miami like, Dolphins fan, Logan Whitehouse had a good weekend. No, I'm going to still ride with the Jaguars. I'm, I'm going to continue to buy low on the Jaguars until that comes comes back for me. Well, listen. You're it's buying a, it's stocks a, right now. It's <laughs> a heavy, I'm, I'm, I'm totally riding with the Miami Heat at this point. I have no rooting interest basketball-wise. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, dude, shout out to the Dolphins. They appear that they have, like, act well, two and a half games into this. Let's see what I did there. Two uh, and a half games into this. They – uh. They really appear that uh, they have done the whole um, tank and rebuild thing in a very efficient and seamless manner. So, and it appears that they might have hired the only Bill Belichick assistant that actually is worth anything. So, I mean, all respect to Mike Vrabel and his and his penis chopping, but you know, that's, uh, that's you know, is, is well potential penis chopping. We I want to like, be clear that we don't support any hypothetical. Such penis hypothetical is the word we're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Sorry, not potential. Hypothetical, exactly. But uh, I mean, yeah. So those things all said. Uh, oh, listen, the NFL game is weird though because it's. Uh, I'm used to seeing Tua just ball outrageous, right? Like, I mean, my, Alabama just whitewashed teams with that guy, and it's it's different to see him like have to like, you know, not get a first down and punt and you know try to like eat up some clock with a drive that maybe doesn't end in a score and do the whole NFL thing and roll out and. And stuff. I still think it's cool that they roll him out to the left a lot. I think that throws off defenses a lot. He's the only left-handed quarterback in the NFL right now. Actually, I saw that too, which is crazy. So, Shouts out. Oh. But yeah, Southpaws for life. That's right. I bet he had that uh, screen name as well. He's why South, I had to add all the numbers to it. Southpaw. He was Southpaw, dude. Three eight, whatever. Early ninety six. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was born eighty eight. Um, okay, are you are you gentlemen drinking tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm just going with another Topo and Key Lime juice. Very nice. I have uh, circled back to the Hardywood Richmond Lager. Very nice. The little squatty bottles, too, yeah. Uh, the little the little minis. They're adorable. They make well, me feel like fatty, I'm really giant. The fatty daddies. I uh, at Aldi, which is was kind of surprising because Aldi usually has like just their house. Right. Or, huh. or like... I have uh, I have still never been an Aldi. I need to go over there. As a as, of it. it's a fun as a just, as a shareholder in Friendly City Grocery, I feel uh, uh, hard. you got to go. Just go in with an open mind and be prepared to spend thirty seven dollars and get way more than you think you should have got, but like not have enough to put together a full meal. That is, but like good. lots of good lots of good snacks, lots of uh, probably decent beers, um, probably yeah. a hell of a deal on some meats. But again, not. Not a, not a full meal. You're going to need to supplement with another another, another grocery store. Yeah. We ahead. won't mention. Seven yeah. Eleven. Yeah. Um, Sheets. Just get some taquitos. <laughs> Jason's other grocery <laughs> store. Sheets. <laughs> uh, cool boys. All right. Yeah. So Master Sunday. Happy Logan, Master Sunday. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I, I was drinking earlier. Uh, I had a little dinner uh, at a friend's house and uh, had some beer mosas couple of those bad boys had me feeling the buzz a little bit. I also had one of those new Bud Light Seltzer holiday flavors. Um, the, I had the cranberry. I chose the least offensive of the flavors, <laughs> and it was the cranberry. And it was good. It was fine. Um, but I heard good reports on, like, the gingerbread one, and I think there's, like, a peppermint one, too. I saw which a peppermint sounds... one in an Instagram story today while someone was watching the Masters. Um, I heard the peppermint one was very – uh, 10 30 a.m but i respect it yeah it's like an effort i heard it was like an effervescent york peppermint patty experience at all times 
So it could be nice. Could be delightful. Uh, other also could be really dangerous. We just get ham on like peppermint, peppermint schnapps, <laughs> peppermint Bud Lights. So uh, <laughs> you know, you'd really have to be getting after it if you were getting ham on peppermint Bud Lights. But hey, crazier things have happened. Um, that's all I got. But yes, happy Master Sunday, boys. Uh, shall we? Shall we? Anything? Anything? Got to say? A complete overwhelming performance by, by, by the big golfer, the second biggest golfer, DJ. <laughs> I was gonna the say lanky he, golfer. He can't be the big golfer. He's he's not the big. He is certainly not the big golfer. Um, no, I thought it was. Uh, I think Dustin Johnson like is fascinating in his uh, like. I don't want to say like not fascinatingness, mostly because that's not a word, but also because it doesn't make sense. Uh, but like he he's kind of made like a huge. Uh, like a huge deal, and and it's I think it's improved his play. I mean, he's basically like Zen out on the course. Like, there's tons of famous clips yeah. of him just like staring forward and not thinking about anything. Um, I think it's it's helped him a lot, and you know he was already. Um, I mean, he's one of the most like it, like his natural ball hitting talent really jumps off when you yeah. look at him, right? So. And so, um, so it's super fascinating. A lot of, a lot of like, leverage. A lot of leverage. A lot of yes. leverage, and. Uh, like I think, like Rory played with him. I think the first two rounds, and Rory's really smart and like, um, like talks about golf in a really smart way. And he was basically like, he's like, I'm envious when I play with him because he's like, he's simplified the game so much to just yeah. like, see ball, hit ball, see hole, make putt, move on to the next one. Like he doesn't. Yeah. And it's just it's it's such a fascinating thing, especially because the whole story coming in was Bryson and like, you know, he's calculated the the tangent of the approach angle that he wants to have and all this stuff. Right. And like, when you listen to Justin talk, uh, like for instance, the example, like, so Bryson came into the week and was like, in my mind, Augusta's a par 67. That's what I've made it. I've turned it into, um, which is hilarious when you go out and like card. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, I mean, why would you say that again? Like this dude, he just says too much. He's, he's, too yeah, much. he's, like, he's I, it's such I an don't effort. think he's, yeah, I don't think he's as bad as it would appear, but he clearly does not shy away from just running his mouth. Yeah, his and so so he came out and said it's a par sixty-seven, and then at, at a press conference, Dustin Johnson, some press, some media guy was like, "So Bryson says this, uh, you know, have you thought about it in this way? Like you almost hit it as far as Bryson. Do you think about it this way?" And Dustin, if I could capture just the like the blank stare that he gave yeah. the guy, and there's like five seconds of silence, and he's like, "I don't even understand what you're talking about." Um, it's a par 72. Uh, it's a par 72 because when you add up all the pars on the 18 holes, it adds up to 72. <laughs> like, I just, like, it. it's just very clear that, like, that has never been his approach ever. Like, yes. And not only that, he's never even contemplated making it his approach. He's like, no, this is right. – I play golf and I try to get this ball in that hole as quickly as possible. And I mean, I've heard I've heard Brooks Kepka talk, and he has a very similar approach. Right. To appear. Yeah, yeah. And when he's, I mean, those when he's like in, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think in. Brooks is the the more militant of the two. Like he, he's the one that'll like right. needle Bryson and like be like, no, that's dumb. I just try to hit it. Like yeah, right. Um, whereas <laughs> Dustin is just like, I don't, you know, whatever. I just want to go play golf. And yeah, I really I thought think it was really that- cool. Like his. You know, it, it made the rounds on Twitter. I tweeted it out, but like his post tournament thing, where he like he got really, like really emotional, like about winning yeah. the Masters, and like cause I think he's just like you you can look at him and and on the course, and he like doesn't look like he cares. He's just out there having fun, uh, but like he very clearly, you know, he's been a golfer his whole life. Like obviously, the Masters means something to him as it does sure. everybody, and 
And he said, he's like, you know, I, I work really hard. My team works really hard. And like, I know I hide it really well out on the course, but like, I'm not good at hiding it here. And so I, I just think he's a really nice. fascinating, a really fascinating champion. And I think his game should have like five or six majors by now. He's kind of like, right. he's blown a couple and he's kind of gotten screwed on one or two. Uh, and so, um, yeah, his, I was happy uh, for him. I think it's cool. I guess it was his brother was on the bag for him. His brother like crying behind him in that yeah. shot on 18 really cool was, moment. was like awesome. That was like a really yeah. well framed moment. Especially, that, and I'm glad they, they let it happen too. Like they didn't yeah. cut away from it. Like they, he's they, uh they he's it. actually he's taken some flack for keeping his brother on the bag. People have said like he would be a better golfer without his brother on the bag, and he's just like that's dumb. Like I'm I'm a very good golfer, and my brother is going to stay on my bag, and so it, it, that was cool. I think. Yeah, I I really respect that he like he knows his game and his himself right. so well. He has so much self awareness that he's able to make those decisions easily. Um, he played so well, like it f- incredibly well. Uh, he was the first golfer to shoot all four rounds under seventy at the Masters, which yeah. is an insane stat. Like, um, given, I, given I think champion. that was that was Cameron. Smith, was just, wasn't oh, it? that was Cam Smith. Was, yeah. yeah. Okay. So sorry, but he set the yeah. scoring record. DJ set the scoring record. Yeah. Uh, broke Tiger and Spieth's record. Um, yep. But yeah, like there were there was a tweet I saw Saturday where someone said like DJ had been asked when he made some changes to his game like well you you started hitting a fade like what was involved in that change and he was like well i just decided to start hitting a fade so i did that (laughs) like that's that's how simple it is to him so yeah there is like there's an immense amount of talent there but there's also like you said jason this ability to simplify the game in in a way that's really refreshing um and there was another post-conference clip i saw from several years back where they asked him like you play really quick because he does like he doesn't yeah. mess around at approach he he's been more deliberative over putts and stuff as of late but like right. t to green he does not mess around and he said like yeah like i look at it like there's two possible outcomes you either hit a good shot or a bad <laughs> shot and there's no point in wasting time before you do that <laughs> It's like yeah, yeah this this is refreshing to hear yeah i mean it's just like it, it's a it's his natural stance he's just like i don't like it, it's just never it's not like he's like thought about it and rejected it like ah no i, I used to labor over over 130 yard wedge shots but now i don't it's yeah, just like he just knows no this is just what i know and this is how i am and i find it incredibly endearing yeah yeah uh and, the swagger uh, that he walks with is 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 funny like given given his like attitude, like when you see him walking, he always seems like he's just pimp walking it out. Oh is, yeah, which is there was a uh, there was a good article. Kyle something I'm blanking on his name um, writes for CBS Sports about golf. He's really good, and he one he he said that like so in the front nine like DJ struggled a little bit, um, and like the lead got down to one, and there was that sort of thing, and then he like birdied eight, and the he was walking from nine to 10 and like had the DJ walk going on where he's just like kind of swagging a little bit. And he was like a, a golf rider that was with me. was like that. You're like, you, you can't, when you try to do something like that, when you try to walk like that, you look like an idiot. So you yeah. either like, it's your natural state or you look really dumb. And like, it's very clearly his natural state. Yeah. Um, and he also pointed out like, it's fascinating. Cause I mean, we've both all been following golf long enough to remember like six, seven years ago, 
DJ was like the the dumb blockhead bro of the tour. Like oh, he yeah. kept he kept um, right. you know he he had a stint where he had some personal issues and he alleged um, uh, substance issues. Yeah, some some substance issues apparently, and and like fell down the stairs at the Masters when he was the world Allegedly. number one, and like did a bunch of stuff where he's just like this guy just doesn't get it and. Um, so, and, and all of a sudden, like in the last six months, he's like one of the most likable people on tour. So yeah, it's just really, yeah. fa- it's, it's a really fascinating thing. I, I like it a lot. Well, and it's a testament to the fact that people can grow up and change it to sure. better too, which is a good, which is a good thing. And a lesson I think we all need to remember, because I think yep. we're very, uh, in today's day and age quick to hold everything anyone has ever done against them for forever and always. And in some cases that's fair, but in a lot of cases it's like, we don't know Dustin Johnson. He could be the worst dude ever also still, but like that doesn't mean he's not fascinating. That doesn't mean that he hasn't like done a good job of uh, cleaning up his personal image and maybe some of his personal life that we get to see. So whatever. Yeah. Apparently uh, one one more thing just on his shift recently, apparently uh, his, I don't know if it's father-in-law or like father-in-law to be. I'm not exactly clear on what he and Paulina's relationship is legally, but um, apparently Wayne Gretzky gave him a couple swift kicks in the pants in terms of like pep talks and sit him Uh down heart to hearts. And and that (laughs) spurred, spurred some change. So it's, I imagine it's it's tough to look Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, I imagine it's tough to look Wayne Gretzky in the eye and be like, "Nah, I don't need to listen to you." <laughs> it's probably really tough for him because he's six four and Wayne Gretzky's like five seven. Okay. <laughs> hey, forget that. As a fellow five seven elite athlete, I understand how it goes, so it's fine. Um, all right, well, yeah, congrats to DJ on uh, tremendous performance all around. Any yeah. other takeaways for the Masters? The big golfer. Um, things just didn't really go so well for him. We we lost a golf ball in plain sight, which was pretty bizarre. Uh, hate to see it. Happens really hate to see it. Yeah. <laughs> a little uh, too much. Uh, oh yeah, believe me. Yeah, so, that's why I, I love like it. Test- I mean, Jordan and I have said we want to see the big golfer come test himself on Miller Creek at Chinvalee because right. we'll see how often that happens. I want to see the big golfer try to cut the corner on that one that goes through like the the wildlife preserve over there on the right. Mm-hmm. Just just log bombs away. Yep. Anyhow. Um, oh, what, one more that's thing. Her- her- tough her- tough scene part. on hole twelve today for. For the big oh, cat, for the big cat. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, put put a sleeve in the ball. Sleeve of balls in the pond, um, which Love happens, you know. So yeah, uh, I think like given what happened last year on that hole, he, right. he'd probably make that trade again. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Well, it's I I think Joe Posnanski pointed out to like it that that win last year did so much for him because like. If if he hadn't won last year, even if he'd gotten like like twelfth, um, like made the cut, had a solid day, didn't put yeah. enough together. If he had done, if he had gotten a ten on twelve this year after not winning last year, the amount mm. of like <clears throat> pieces about like Tiger's done, but like all that stuff would have been just awful. Oh yeah. And now it's just like, oh, he's so relatable now. Like he's yeah. he bladed yeah, a ball in the water. We've all done five that. Five of the last six or four of the last six or whatever. Yeah. Right after that. So yeah. I think uh, I think No Laying Up tweeted out um, his scorecard with uh, a picture of the Jamaican bobsled team from Cool Runnings carrying their sled. <laughs> I really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So. Um, yeah, so we'll do it all again in five months and bore you guys with more golf content. Love it. Love to see it. Absolutely. 
Speaking of which, I got on the links yesterday, boys. Hacked it up. It was not great. Not a great showing. Uh, we're still in the lab. We're still working on working out a few kinks. Most hey, of the kinks. We're still... Call the big golfer. He's yeah. He's got yeah. some downtime yeah. until right. he begins the next season next year. Probably wants, think, to, probably uh, wants to step away from yeah. the swing for a little bit. Listen, I think DJ lives in gardens. I'm pretty sure Justin Thomas and the boys live down in Jupiter. I, I need to just like uh, cruise around, maybe maybe make some house calls. Get Justin Thomas. Like, I feel network. like I feel like Justin Thomas and I would get along. All right. I feel like Justin Thomas would get along with everybody. Yeah, but especially me. That's that's kind of what we're trying to make. <laughs> it's kind of what we're angling for. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, no, it was. Uh, I listen. Public golf course. You got to you got to make money the way you got to make money. It was very wet. It was too wet out there, and it was very soggy. I, of course, was never in the fairway, so car path only, making a lot of like three hundred yard trudges all the way across. Because oh, God forbid I ever shank it on the side that I, I was going to say you never do. Anytime it's no, car path only, you'll play military go off the other direction. It's yeah, yours. Never, never. So I'm I'm making the lonely walk through like ankle deep water in the middle of the fairway that I'm like, well, damn, I'm kind of in some ways glad I'm not even in the fairway because this. I mean, I wouldn't be able to hit out of that. I mean, I. It was, it was it was wild. It would have been like Jose Maria Olafable or whatever his name was that was hitting out of the freaking pond that time. So anyhow, uh, wild times. We'll uh, you know what we're gonna get it fixed. In the words of Big Bill Muschamp, we're gonna get it fixed. Um, and speaking of which, Big Bill Muschamp was unable to get it fixed. Segway. Move to college football. Jordan, we talked about this on uh, Wednesday or Thursday when we talked, but. Uh, I think we had it on there. Is this is this Will Muschamp's last stand? <laughs> and and it was it was his last stand. He went down guns a blazing though. Big big points for the uh, for the Gamecocks, but uh, unable to get it done against Ole Miss. They gave up uh, just a catastrophic amount of points. Ole Miss is very scary. I I would not watch. want super fun to watch. It's because flying objects could hit you in the head. At any yeah, time. it's a cloud car that's on fire and it's barreling down the highway at an alarming yeah. rate. Of I have a separate play calling question that I would like to pose to you guys after we talk about this. But uh, Will Muschamp uh, officially fired by South Carolina today. I guess they're going to pay him his $13.3 million buyout uh, in some fashion, probably over the next, you know, what, 70, 72 years. Uh, they'll get that paid Bonilla. off. Give him the Bobby Bunny. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Today is Will Muschamp day. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he. This went very similar. I, well, my person, I I've been through this. Um, this will Muschamp, the life cycle of the Will Muschamp coaching reign, uh, and this is this is hitting all of the notes that the <laughs> Will Muschamp, the previous iteration of this hit. Um, I I I actually I like Will Muschamp, um, the person. I like having him on the sideline. Uh, we've said this before. His teams appear to like him and play hard for him. He's a good recruiter, but. Eh, he has displayed a, a shocking inability to adjust with the times or adjust with what he's got personnel. or try or his personnel or try just try to do anything different. And <clears throat> it's um yeah, it's resulted in him getting fired from two pretty good jobs. I mean, geez, I mean Florida's a great job and, and I think South Carolina's a really good job too. So um, you know, he didn't didn't really help that he followed, I guess, some big name coaches in both spots. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they brought him in to kind of right the ship and, and get things together. And he had a couple of good years and then you kind of see the wheels coming off last year. And then you just have a, just a catastrophe of a year uh, this year, which is what they're having. They've gotten no better on offense. He cycled through offensive coordinators a couple times now. Um, he's had never really had a quarterback that seems to be very good uh, or 
that improves and his defenses are good, but are not good enough to win games at any sort of clip that's going to get you to keep your job. And I mean, that's, that's, that's big, dumb Wilma Strand football right there. He wants to dominate time of possession and that's what he thinks is going to get him to win game. And this, I mean, this is a, I've, I've studied this up close. I, I, I saw this kind of happen and, and I, I think he's, he wants to play Kirby smart ball. And I think Kirby smart ball is maybe, not the way to go now too. You know, I mean, I, I think there's better ways to get it done. I'm, I'm rambling here. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on the rise and, and subsequent fall of Will Muschamp in South Carolina? Yeah. I mean, Will Muschamp kind of feels like, uh, kind of feels like the quarterback in the draft that just like, and maybe this relates more to baseball and like the money ball revolution, but just like, Football people think he looks like and behaves like what a football coach should be, so he keeps getting these opportunities. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know that he's a head coach. Yeah. Um, and yes. that's the much better way of saying the five minutes that I spent stumbling around there. Well, I, 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 think, that's, I think that's, I think that's a really uh, smart takeaway. Yeah, like I, I just think, I think his 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 persona, his mentality, like. The things that he's good at make him a great, like defensive coordinator. Um, yes. You know, I, I've seen I've seen men's basketball coaches that are that are just not meant to be men's basketball head coaches, but they are one of the best. Like all of their traits make them an incredible like associate head coach slash recruiting coordinator. Sure. And so, you know, that to me, see, like it, it. I think that's where Will Muschamp stands, and. Um, it just feels like, you know, I bet he's amazing in interviews with athletic directors who know a little uh-huh. bit about football, but know what football's supposed to look like in their mind. Oh, yeah. I bet he'll, he dazzle just, you. he'll dazzle you with the coach talk. Yeah, I bet, he'll, I bet he just absolutely crushes interviews like that. And um, so I, you know, I would bet he, in the next year or two, he'll be a head coach at a G5 school. Um, and and I hope he succeeds for his fault, for his sake, but I don't – I think his best place to be is like the best, one of the two or three best defensive coordinators in the country. So. And listen, I, he would look. He looks good in orange and blue. He can come on down to Gainesville. Should there have a go. spot getting warm for him. Um, you know, we'll even throw in a, a triple XL jacket that he can take right from <laughs> Todd Grantham's corpse and put it right on. You know, I don't. I don't really care. But um, yeah, I think I think that's well said, Jason. I, I think he. It, it, the things that he appears like really good at talking about and he wants to talk about is always like breaking down film and X's and O's and like what went wrong and this and that. And he's a different, he's a defensive coordinator. He wants to coach defense and scheme. That's what he wants to do. And I don't think he's interested in the other parts of the game enough to be an effective head coach. And he seems great at the defensive coordinator side of things. I don't know enough about it. Documented, doc- documented very good success with right. that at Texas and his Florida defenses were always Great, not good, great. And uh, South Carolina, you know, playing with a little bit less talent, um, but still. And, still and divided attention from him. And Really good defensive tackles always. Uh, there was a famous Spencer Hall tweet that said, uh, if Will Muschamp could construct a team entirely of safeties and defensive tackles, he would. <laughs> and uh, it's very true. Remains true. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with Jason's point. Some guys are just not – cut out for the big whistle 
And I think like the must champ experience as I've watched it or experienced it through Logan, um, <laughs> reminds me kind of the Mike London experience at UVA, like Hmm. great at a lot of things, but not ultimately the thing that they hired you to do primarily. And so in, in Mike London's case, I think it was an issue of too much too soon. And he, he kind of took a job that he was not ready to handle. Um, and now it appears he is kind of readjusting at on a smaller scale. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for Will Muschamp, it'll be like what he does next is ultimately up to him. Because if he wants to be a D coordinator at a great school, he can get that job easy. But if he wants yeah. to keep trying to do head coaching well, somebody will hire him. Because yep. like we yes. said, he, he crushes interviews his players love him. There's a lot to like. He just has some some changes to make philosophically and professionally to allow him the best chance to be successful. So um, I think it's up to him, which is wild. It's a wild position to be in to get fired from your last two jobs, have <clears throat> eight figures on the way of buyout money, and like you still get to do pretty much whatever you want next so um, yeah failing failing upwards it's yeah like someone, someone tweeted like this this might not feel good i think it might have been alex kirshner like he was like you know it's fine to make fun of will muschamp like today is a good right. day for him he might not realize it right now but it's a good day yeah. for him so yeah and listen you're the most of these jobs end with you getting fired too. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of how it tends to go. Um, I don't know if South Carolina has realistic expectations that they are going to be a national championship contending team. They probably look across the state and see Clemson and think, well, damn, we want to be, we want to be look good Lord. I've seen what you've done for others. And I, I want that for myself Jesus. too. Uh, but you know, they, they, that at their peak when Steve Spurrier was their coach, um, what were they, 10 and 2, 11 and 2? I mean, they had a great year. They beat Alabama that one year. But even then, you know, they weren't in the, they, I think they might have played in the, they won the East one year. They I weren't believe. ever in the playoff hunt. That's their yeah. peak. They were not in the playoff hunt. They were not in the national championship game hunt. So, you know, and that's not to say you shouldn't try to hire the best coach available. Right. Yeah. Uh, you certainly should. And I think, you know, Will Muschamp is a, is a decent figurehead to have at your school um, as a, you know, good ambassador, uh, but uh, it doesn't win games. And ultimately you got to start winning some games too. So yeah. that all said. So uh, real, you know, real quickly, do we want to talk about potential replacements? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I've it, heard some it. names. I was going to say, Jordan, let's this is your it. wheelhouse. So go nuts with it. The names I've heard bandied about, according to hashtag sources, we've got uh, Billy Napier, Louisiana's coach. Sure. Yep. We got Jamie Chadwell, who's yep. coaching the Shants right now at Coastal. Dustin Johnson's alma mater. That's true. Hey. Good fall for them. Yeah. And we've got one favorite son of Blacksburg, <laughs> Virginia. Ladies and gentlemen, his name is Shane Beamer. His name has been floated by no, somebody. I mean, that's... What is he doing now again? Remind I think me. he's at he's Oklahoma. At, uh, he's the number two at Oklahoma. He's assistant head coach. 
Oh, okay, he is. So he was he was at Georgia at some point. Then he went to Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. And And I I thought he might have been at South Carolina for a little bit too. He could have been. Um, One moment. Uh, the other couple, a couple other names I'll add to that. Jordan, I have obviously seen Hugh Freeze's yep. name mentioned, uh, and Tony Elliott, Clemson offensive coordinator. I oh seen yes, that. Jesus, please I, take. I the have wheel. seen that. That would be, <laughs> that would be something. We've got uh, half, like, because we got half of the the offensive coordinating out of yeah. Clemson. We could just get Venables up out of here too, and yeah, and just force a complete turnover. Yeah. Well, you know what. Because didn't he say uh, no? Look at you, his... Jerry, look at you, Jerry Jones. Call yeah. defense for the well, Cowboys. I know. He was he was one of the guys who said no to his alma mater. One of these past yeah, Kansas seasons. State. Yeah. yeah, Kansas State. So the other two I I've seen are uh, Jeff Munkin at Army. Okay. And okay. Jay Norvell at Nevada. Oh, another Norvell enters yep. the chase. Jay Norvell. <laughs> Uh, also, okay. uh, to circle back, Shane Beamer was at South Carolina for four years yeah. right before he was at Virginia Tech. Okay. okay. Wow. He's really hit, he's hit a lot of a lot of spot, great spots, yeah. South Carolina, Virginia Tech. Uh, and you want to talk about a guy who crushes interviews? SB? Yeah. Have you interviewed him? Yes. No. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, I like we, we interviewed him for, for this non, podcast. So I have interviewed him for non uh, head coach hiring spots, but well, okay. He's, right. he's, a, he's a really smart guy. He's really charming. He's Probably young and pep in his stuff. young and fairly handsome. He's you know he looks the part, and he can say, "My gotcha. daddy almost beat Florida State." Like, listen, in the show a wise man once told me that. A wise man once told me that special teams is one third of the game, and I, I promise that no stern, no stone will let go unturned. No hokey stone will remain unturned. Oh yeah, brother! Awaken the echo. <laughs> I'm bringing the lunch pail back. Uh, I regret this. Holy! Yeah, somehow this has turned into it. What you exactly what you thought it was? Going exactly. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on it. I'm interested to see what other schools join the fray. This this does reek of uh, hey, uh, if you should do something eventually you you probably should do it immediately and uh south carolina seems to be trying to maybe get ahead of a hiring scenario here i do know that liberty just re-upped um uh you freeze just obviously to get that get that buyout money which is good for good for all parties involved there i suppose but uh um I did see uh, a a facebook maybe not the city of lynchburg but (laughs) a facebook friend that i have uh, loudly proclaiming, glad that uh, I see. Like he he shared the post <laughs> that Freeze was um, Freeze was, and it, and it was like glad that Coach Freeze will be here for years to come. And I was like, oh, you poor soul. Oh, oh, you <laughs> sweet dumb soul. boy. Or you, girl. You, you don't. I don't know. You don't know. That was a boy for okay. sure. You, you, girl, girls aren't allowed to tweet at uh, at, at Liberty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but got him. <clears throat> Only if one two feet are on the floor at all times. But uh, the. <laughs> Just, hey, listen. The rules are the rules. I didn't make them up. All right, I didn't make up the rules. I just enforce them. Yeah, clearly a, a play to the buyout money there for for freeze. Um, Got to do it when you know he's gone. I uh, don't know realistically what other jobs off the top of my head might be coming open. So um, maybe Florida State. Things aren't going well there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry about it, guys. Uh, no, you're not. 
All right. No, not, not, not even, not even a little bit, actually. Uh, let's <laughs> keep it moving on the week that was before we discuss our picks that we're all very going to be very proud of. Um, so proud. And we're going to, we're going to stand in the paint here and we're going to talk about these picks. There were a lot of cancellations this weekend. There were more cancellations after we recorded the pod on Thursday. Uh, I believe it was at Cal, Arizona State got canceled after we yeah, picked it. And then, and then Cal played today, right? Cal and yep. UCLA played at noon today? Yeah, Cal and UCLA played at noon today. Right. I saw that. Okay. That was weird. I did see them saying like, oh, yeah, the, the pack, pack, whatever they are right now, might send uh, Cal to play someone. <laughs> okay. That's what it does. UCLA Anytime. Four to ten. Any place. Yeah. Wow. UCLA. And and they're apparent. I think I saw something on the ESPN ticker today that they are at 500 for the first time in the chip kelly era yep so at one and one go bruins or two one are they one and one or they two and one they lost to colorado last week i think yeah gotcha um all right so yeah not a whole lot of excitement all around um especially in the sec this weekend but uh we did have some excitement on friday night little coach beef situation Cincinnati absolutely laid waste to mm. Eastern Carolina. Um, it included a fake punt while up 42 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, and it included a 75 yard, like dive run up the gut with like 19 seconds left in the game, which like, listen, the guy's not going to not score a touchdown there, but it was just comical that that happened as well. Um, they won. What was it? 56 to 10 or something like that. It was, it was so. big time. And uh, it appeared that there was a, a stern talking t- between the coaches. They there were exchanging a conversation words. that happened. Yeah, I didn't really I, – I couldn't really tell. Because they were you wearing really their masks, tell. thankfully. They were wearing their masks, shout out. Uh, I couldn't really tell Fickle's – I was more interested in Fickle's reaction because it appeared he was not doing most of the talking. So it was probably pretty clear what was going on there. And then there was no handshake, and Fickle kind of like – didn't appear to be like aware that the conversation was over as uh former James Madison head coach. Uh, what's his name? Mike Jones, Mike Houston, <laughs> who Mike Houston, <laughs> Mike Houston, uh, sort of walked away trailing off with some words. Um, I'm sure they were upset. Uh, Jordan, did we ever find out if there was any resi- This was in retaliation to previous pre existing beef. So the announcers during the game made some like they alluded to. Oh, this is this is kind of residual from last year's game. But when I looked last year's game up, Cincinnati won that as well. So I'm not but, sure what what there would have been to be upset about. Um, cuz ECU certainly didn't run the score up on them or anything like that. So sure. uh, but there seemed to be bad blood like between the sidelines, not just the coaches and it and it didn't seem like a, well, Cincinnati's just trying to get style points. It it seems <clears throat> maybe a little more personal than that. Um, so if there are any Cincinnati and or ECU insiders who can uh, fill us in, please do so. Our, our email address was mentioned at the beginning of the show, and I won't repeat it. <laughs> Jason, you got any? Is there is there anything anything else you? You got any scuttlebutt? Like you can. Not really. No. What's the scuttlebutt? I Steve. mean, yeah. So, 
The weirdest thing I've seen is, um, and I, I don't know anything about what happened. I don't know any of the history. Um, the weirdest thing I've seen is people jumping on Mike uh, because like a JMU, JMU blew a few teams out under his watch, including an 84-7 win over Rhode Island. Oh my god! Um, what a murder! <laughs> I was in the press box. It was yeah. twenty-one points a quarter. That's yeah. flipping. That's it was hummer. a it was a hummer. And uh, so I don't listen. You get like say you know you can have this is like custom made for hot takes. Um, oh, yeah. So like feel, you get them off. You know I get it. Um, sure. sure, it's Friday night. People been drinking. Go ahead and tweet. Right. <laughs> so, um, but that is. Like they're saying, basically, he can't get mad about the fake punt because he, he won a game to, one time. He used to blow teams out. Yeah, like we we scored eighty the first game, his first game at JMU, and then we scored eighty four later that season. Um, and so, but I, I think he was mad about the fake punt, and like when JMU won those games, like I was there. It was never like. He wasn't spinning the ball around the yard and running fake punts and stuff like that. It was just because. Like, JMU's second and third string O-line was still blowing Rhode Island's defensive line off the ball. Like, Sure. And I I, wanna, I do I will point out that that 84-7 to win involved one of our running backs uh, sliding down at the two so that we didn't go up 91-7. to um, <laughs> awesome. Like, classic. somewhat famously, and then kneeling out the clock. So, like, it was just – I think a blowout because, like, a team is better is one thing. I think he like, I may not agree with it because I mean, we were all raised in the church of Steve Spurrier of you right. know, it's your job to stop me. But to, to use the point of, well, you scored a lot of points on these teams at JMU is disingenuous to me. So right. I'll leave my takes at that because everybody comes out on a different side of this, but I'll say hypocrisy is not one of the problems here. Yeah, I'll I'll maybe try and research this a little deeper, see if I can yep. figure out what's what was exactly. Jordan, you have on. you have more connections to the underworld than we do, so Yeah, for yeah, sure. I'm I'm plugged into the Mike Houston scene for this sure. Is what I'm the, dark, the dark web. Right. Yeah, literally someone who used to work with him can't help us out. So um That's correct. <laughs> for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that all said, I did I did want to Yeah, I, I think like Pat McAfee had like kind of a viral moment in which he like said he would never bet on a JMU again or on a JMU. Jeez Louise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, JMU. Apologies. Seriously, Jason. Accepted. ECU, a team coached by him because he's the softest dude ever. It was funny. It was, un- it was not that true or based on a whole lot. Um, it's Pat McAfee. I, That's what he does. I, and I enjoy it, so. Yes, exactly. And it was, it was, it was comical and it, it was funny. Um, I do think, it's not nothing that if the look is on, like they're probably supposed to run that fake. Sure. Yeah. Well, and and, and I, the I, I don't think also that mentioned yeah. like you, I don't you think put that, that on nothing. film for UCF yes. to watch, right? Cause you got UCF coming up soon. So exactly. You, you, so that's that why I'm saying your... it's, it's not nothing. It is, it could still definitely be mean spirited still. And frankly, I'm here for it. But, uh, <laughs> I also like, you know, the, the idea that like, everything is so black and white on like was it a bad thing no. is this guy the softest guy ever it's like no he he had a right to be mad you, you always have a right to feel the way you feel and it, it's it's about how you like act about it i don't really think he went like too crazy i don't recall no. seeing any 
press conference. Say, it's not like he roasted him the press conference or he has this yeah. week or anything like that. He just he had a discussion with the guy at, at midfield. Like it was a it was a civil discussion, and I wish we weren't going through a damn global pandemic so I could have seen yes. the lips move and <laughs> yes. try and get some intel on what was actually said. Like they, they honestly, the, the cameramen, there's no way the cameramen don't know because there's, you know. Hardly any fans making noise. I mean, they were right there. I was surprised that like it wasn't even on the audio to begin with. Like somehow that it wasn't like somewhat in there. But anyhow, it's all fine. It was an enjoyable moment. I'm here for bad blood. <clears throat> and listen, also, things have a way have a way of coming back around too. Like Luke Fickle is going to be coaching Michigan State, and freaking Mike Houston is going to be the coach of Indiana one day. And these two teams are going to play. And Mike Houston is going to freaking call a timeout and and crotch chop across the field at Luke Fickle, and we're going to love it. So you know what? It's it's fine. <laughs> I'm, I give me that scenario right now. I'm on board. That sounds Speaking wonderful. Speaking of timeouts and in the Big Ten, yes, for beautiful, beautiful segue. Kurt Ferentz got got spicy for the first time all year, and like he does an annual Kirk. like, I'm going to be petty this week, and then <laughs> it goes back into hibernation, uh, which is kind of fun. But um, yes. they, who did they even beat? Minnesota. He must hate Black. Yeah, that's right. And they play for a, a statue of a pig. Um, huh. So the, it's like it's a rivalry game. It's a trophy game. Um, I think I think they call the the pig Frank. Okay. Um, if sure. they don't, they should. But we'll just use that <laughs> name for the sake of of what I'm kind of getting at here. <laughs> so he was apparently like calling calling timeouts late in the game. Yeah, in, three in, in, a row, a, in a manner that was not sportsmanlike, and they asked him about it, and he said, "Well, I figured I'd leave, I'd leave those three here, and we'd take take Frank with us again." <laughs> <laughs> love it. Hey, listen, love it. Kirk Ferentz doesn't really move the needle for me in general, but you know, right. I'm here for it. A little pent up aggression. Uh, I, I recall Urban Meyer doing this against Georgia. Uh, the year after Georgia rushed the field during the Florida Georgia oh, game right. and like had the seventy-five man dance competition in the yeah. end zone, um, I that was uh, that was the dance it, was two thousand seven. I remember that because it's part of like yeah. the weird two thousand seven compendium, right? And because it was the because Florida won the yeah, national they were championship ordered the to get a celebration penalty the first time. They yeah, scored. and and Florida won the national championship the next year, and Florida beat the living breaks off of Georgia that Correct. year. And, and Myers calling timeouts and with uh, with like thirty seconds left in the game just to prolong prolonged the Neil session, which was great content. I mean, listen, like if you really love college football, like that's one of the endearing things about college football. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like, it is, it Kenny, is like weird Kenny and heavy and, and whiny at parts. And it's wonderful. Like it's, it's the, I mean, it's, it's the only thing we have that approaches European soccer in terms of unnecessary drama between rich dudes. Yes. And, and like, arbitrary decisions made in yep. youth or by others that like shape your identity. Yep. Right. No. Okay. Let's keep it moving here. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, Notre Dame at BC. Uh, frisky effort by BC. Say, BC there, put up a little bit, a little bit of a stank here. I respect yeah, they're that. not bad. They're not as good as Notre Dame. I, yeah. my take now is Notre Dame is good and I'm fine. I'm fine good. with that. They, their quarterback moves really well. He's playing very confident right now, which is uh, got to be good to see for them. He actually like can make all the throws too, which is impressive. And they got some just big old dudes that catch passes on that team. I mean, it's it looks like a real pain to play against Notre Dame. 
Yeah. They run the ball well. I mean, we always made jokes about like Notre Dame always has four receivers that are basically tight ends. They're just oh, like yeah. Jeff, Jeff Samarja. Right. They're just like six two, two hundred and thirty pound dudes that like are okay. But now all of a sudden they have a bunch of six two, two hundred and thirty pound dudes that like can catch a ball and are really good. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, it doesn't look fun to play against them. And you know, it felt like if if they were gonna pull a Notre Dame, this was gonna be the week. Like you're coming off probably the biggest win under Brian Kelly. Not probably. Yes. Definitely the biggest win after Ovenar Brian Kelly. You're playing like a, a not bad and super scrappy team, but they they put the work in. Like this might Dame. be a different Notre Dame team. So mm. they get a week off and then they go to UNC. <clears throat> and then they get Syracuse and Wake to end the season. So UNC uh, could run up some points. They could they they're kind of like they're like diet Ole Miss. Um <laughs> and and that's that's okay. With a better with like probably maybe a better quarterback. They're like well. Ole Miss with uh Artificial sweetener because Mac Brown can't have normal sugar anymore. Oh, that's sad. That's why he's your favorite. I'm just hypothesizing. I'm just <laughs> hypothesizing. There's so many layers to that, Jordan. Yeah, a lot, a lot going on there. But he still uh, throws the Alabama rig. What we got here? Two teams. All right. Uh, we we set this one up as a a real anxiety clash of fan bases. Penn State played Nebraska. Nebraska gave it to Penn State. Just put uh, the paws on Penn which State, which is which is wild. Put the corn cobs to him, if you know what I'm saying. Is, uh, and, uh, do, does Penn State come open? Is that a is that a possible Will Muschamp landing spot? I if, mean, if how bad can this thing get? You know, I don't think they would fire him for one bad year during the, a crazy season like this. But I wouldn't think so. But they're also, I mean, if you're making a power ranking of the most irrational fan bases. Well, they're they're clearly on. They the gotta list be up there. there. Yeah, well, that they would be the best job available. Oh, without question, by a long shot. I could see um, Penn State coming open too. If like if it got really bad and it was really hot, and they were like they did the like vote of confidence thing at the end of the year, we're gonna keep right. it around. It's all good. I could see him leaving for. I feel like he's one of those guys that gets like some NFL buzz occasionally or USC. Yeah, if he if he really wanted USC. And USC was open, but yeah, they keep winning nail biters. Like much, against much to yeah, against Arizona chagrin, schools, sure. so there should be much better than yes, uh, they did win this weekend. Good, good, good pull there. Um, we talked about Muschamp getting fired at South Carolina, but the South Carolina Ole Miss game was was a, a fantastic flurry of just bombs and wide open receivers and. <laughs> And uh, a tremendous running, uh, rushing performance. Like it was just wild to see such a high-scoring game that had South Carolina come out in like power eye, three tight end sets, and just <laughs> run outflank Ole Miss to the left every time, as if it wasn't clear they were running off tackle left or just running a toss sweep to the left. And I think that the running back had three, like three touchdowns and two hundred and something yards. They had another running back that went pretty big. Um, and but Ole Miss just, I mean. They they they're stressful, man. They they give up some points, and but uh, Kiff, Kiffin's a delight, and uh, we had he threw that clipboard so high. Yeah, yeah, and then he launched his play sheet on the next the next touchdown. Yeah. Um, that was on a fourth down play, which you know, Chef's kiss. Love the aggressive play calling at the end there, and Matt Corral looks good. And, and I think shout out to um, we talked a little bit like man, I can't believe Matt Corral threw six interceptions in this game. How, why did they keep him in the game? But like, in some ways, shout out to Lane Kiffin for sticking by his guy, letting him learn from that, yeah. and 
he's been Corral's been really good since then, like really, really good, like extremely. Like him and Trask have like the same efficiency on deep shots downfield, which which is wild to think also. But like they they they've been they've been really good, and um, if they can get some life out of that defense, they're going to be a tough out and they're going to be a challenger. I would think in the next handful of years, if Kiffin stays there. <clears throat> yeah. Always the biggest if. No, no yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, USC uh, okay. might, might come open here soon. So <laughs> Lane, Lane might be shipping out West again. I know. I think uh, San Diego state's having a good year under Brady Hoke. I think Michigan might come open too. They might, they might make- <laughs> A look, take a look at a nice up and coming program. Um, I wanted to ask you a question right now, given how things are going, who would you rather have calling plays for your team, Lane Kiffin or Dan Mullen? Is he just calling just plays? Just calling plays, yeah. <laughs> same roster, sure. same roster, just calling plays. Same roster, just calling plays. Lane Kiffin, I want Dan Mullen. Okay. I think I think Mullen would probably give you a better chance to adjust mid-game, but Kiffin might blow the doors off you in the first half and not have to make any adjustments. So, right, yeah, I like it. I, both those guys are 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 extremely in their bed. Yeah, there's no losers here. But. Yeah, no losers. But I was just like, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, damn, I, I love watching Ole Miss, man. They they're so aggressive yeah. and they they know like how to put stress on like one safety to make like. The absolute right decision, because if he does not, there is going to be a guy running. Mac Rouse said it naked, running naked, <laughs> wide open. And and they had a couple of those, which also gives me a little pause about the whole Will Muschamp defensive experience. Pattern match coverage is nice in theory, but it, could, it gets broken from time to time. And you get guys running naked. But, uh, yeah, anyhow, this is just a, a silly thought I had late night last That's night. That's a fun thought experience. Yeah, I like it. All right. Let's talk Arkansas at Florida. Felipe Franks back in the swamp. Uh, a heartwarming moment, I guess, to see him playing. Um, questionable hair situation for Felipe. Not really sure. Going shaved a little high. It's kind of it looks a little bit like a character from Doug. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out. Uh, but no, Florida put together one of the complete most complete offensive performances I can remember a Florida team period putting together. It was a systematic beatdown. I don't know why you would continue to drop into really soft zone coverage with Trask as dialed in as he, as he is and was last night. Um, maybe you can't run man and you don't want to get mossed, which also happened last night a couple times too. But uh, yeah, Florida looked really good. Florida's defense is not good. Um, they're, they, they, they give up some big plays, but Jordan, like, kind of like we talked about, they did, they had a scoop and score on defense. I think they intercepted a pass maybe, um, they, they did enough. They got off the field a couple times and they had a, and, and they had like, I think three or four sacks, you know, they were disruptive enough to get, you know, Arkansas off the field a few times, get them off rhythm and their offense is similar to like LSU last year. It's like, it's at this point, their offense isn't not going to score. I think Florida punted once yesterday in the first, and it was in the first half. So That's they looked really good. I mean, they, they, they look, I mean, just guys, dudes, dudes be open, man. And, and Trask is Trask. I think every game Florida's had like eight or nine, at least people catch passes, which is wild. And he had six touchdowns last night. Florida also I was talking to you guys. Like Florida ran the ball 45 times last night. Mm-hmm. 
And like they made it a point that they wanted to run the ball. Pierce had a good game. They Davis had established a good game. it, if you will. Yeah. They have, yes, yeah, they had they had three running backs that were all um, useful in the running game, and that really sets up their passing game to be, I think, that much more dangerous because uh, they like to hit those rail routes and those seams and stuff that put the safe again put the safeties in a bind, and um, and they got big talented receivers that can go up and catch passes. So that's it's good it's good to see. Warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's, from a non, uh, from a, like, yeah, from a non-invested perspective, what do you? I mean, how do you, how did you feel about that? I, Arkansas I, is not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they've got some work to do. They were they were playing. I wouldn't say they're not good. They just don't have the talent that Florida can yeah, put on the field. Not Florida, and sure. Coach Pittman was isolated in his pool house, which Respect. is just a like wild flex. Just like yeah, I'm I'm watching from the pool house. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I did. They, they made it hard to say that a lot too. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's been in his pool house all week with his yeah, like, bulldog. Thanks. I know I'm poor, dude. <laughs> Continue to know. Yeah, I I understood that in the first five minutes of the first quarter when you said it the first time. Um, no, I think like Logan, the point you made about receivers and like mullins offense and lsu's offense last year because there's a lot of trask burrow season stats comparisons starting to be made which is fair because they're very similar at this point um like those offenses did such a good job of using all or using not necessarily all but like deep into the wide receiver room on the field it wasn't just like well we have one or two guys that we're going to target 80 percent of the time like Mm -hmm. and so that's that's goes to a just sheer recruiting b but also like b keeping guys there and invested and engaged when at other programs like you have guys who are physically capable but they're just like they just don't pan out for whatever reason and so yeah. it helps, A, when your program's structured a certain way, B, when the offense is structured a certain way, but C, when you have a QB who knows how to spread the ball around and, like, give these guys a chance to to make those types of plays and not just, like, just get the ball to my first option every time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree with all that. Didn't, didn't like the uniforms either, but we covered that in the group text. So, yeah, Emily, Emily liked them. I, I, I said they're fine. They're a little Clemsony, and I, I, I agree with that. The, the orange is too. Florida's orange, I don't think, is is the right orange to be primary color, and that's just my general thought. Yep. Florida's it's, a, it's an accent orange. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, any thoughts on the Gators? Or the, yeah, or the Hogs? That uh, I do, I do think Arkansas is is doing very well for itself uh, at the moment, especially uh, in year one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I think they have every reason to be optimistic this week, notwithstanding. Uh, as for Florida, yeah, I mean, I think you know we talked about like you can see when a quarterback is is dialed in and and feeling himself, and and Trask is very much that. Like he is, there's no hesitation. He's pointing guys open, like yeah. he sees he sees a square, like a strike zone of space. He's gonna not not hesitate for a second, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a hundred percent rate of hitting that, but he hits it more than most people would. And when you have the skill players that he has around him, 
that is a recipe for I. Yeah. Either definitely getting invited to wherever the Heisman is presented um, virtually, I think. But um, sure. yeah, I mean they have you know that offense gives them a shot against anybody in the country right now. Yeah. Like they they're solidly in the national championship discussion. Um, they have very real and uh, not insignificant concerns, especially deep in the middle of the field. Yeah. Um, but but man, that offense is fun as all hell, and so. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks a lot like uh, Steve Spurrier, Florida team. A lot yeah. like I, I was watching the SEC wrap-up show, and they made the, – I think it was Chris Doring, who's actually a Gator, but he made the point, like, Florida's offense is wild because they can go on a – their first drive of the game, I think, was 14 plays, 75 yeah. yards. took seven and a half minutes. They ran they the ball. Run, they converted on fourth down. They marched it right in the end zone. And then I think they had a couple drives that were, like, three plays four plays that just like boom, boom, boom. And then you're at the 30 yard line and, you know, they get guys open in the end zone and, and Trask is making really good decisions too. Like he yes, goes sir. the right place with the ball. He, he was late on like maybe one or two throws yesterday. He doesn't have the biggest arm, but I mean, he, I saw him step into a couple of throws yesterday that I was impressed with. He put them in small windows against, you know, zone coverage, like, like you got to right. do. And, and he did a good job. So. Um, yeah. And I'll all. say it doesn't, uh, when I say he, like he's fit in tight spaces, like, for every one incredible throw he makes where he puts it in the exact like one square yeah. foot that he needs to, he's got seven or eight throws where he knows the routes and and either throws a guy into the space that he needs to be thrown in or knows where to look when he has to look there and hits a guy on a on a wheel or a, a late crossing <clears throat> route where he's just right. in space and lets his guy go to work. And sure. so I mean, he's exactly the quarterback they need right now. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's good. good. Good play design helps with all that too. Give the guys an opportunity right to catch. So, uh, no Kyle Pitts yesterday. I saw that he actually had nose surgery this week. Um, they oh, think well. he's going to be out next week as well. Likely, I think Florida plays Vanderbilt, and things are not going well in Nashville. So uh, we'll see. Last time, well, not last time, but Florida and Vanderbilt have had coach beef before in the past as well. One last thing about Arkansas. <clears throat> I think the Kendall Bryles offensive experience is fine but i do think that if you can you you saw in the in the game both of the first drives arkansas scored and they hit and then i think their other score basically their other score that mattered was a shot play that uh defensive back fell down for florida Mm. um and that's i think what you're gonna get i think you can catch on to what browse is trying to do pretty quickly and it was clear Florida's defense got better throughout both halves um and the second half I guess was a little weird but when Florida needed to actually get some stops in the second half to really pull away they did and uh I don't know I just I I guess I have some questions when when pace is your only gimmick I question your (laughs) your play um your play you're just like your yeah your, your play design and your ability to uh like go with the flow of the game I'll say that so I think that's true. Also, shout out to Felipe. He hit a couple bombs, which was, you know, awaken the echoes. The first pass he threw was great. The receiver roasted Kyrie, yes. too, one of the best corners in the country. Uh, absolutely ran right past him and uh, was a great throw. And he hit another one. Um, but all in all, it was also a Felipe Franks game. He threw a bunch of passes to the flat. And, you know, you get a lot of runs after the. They don't really trust him to throw that sort of middle distance throw still. He holds onto the ball would be too long, got sacked a few times. He steps up into pressure. Um, so, you know, we got a, we got the full Felipe Franks experience. But a really cool moment on the field afterwards. 
seeing him embrace uh, both Trask and and Muschamp and Brian Johnson, the quarterbacks coach. I know those guys were tough, and, and Frank's was at Florida for four years, so I mean, like he's a he's a getter for life. So good for him. Yeah. You think Felipe Frank uh, gets a gets gets to spin it for some NFL team in the preseason next year? I think so. Jacksonville. He looks like an NFL quarterback. Probably. <sighs> All right, Jordan. Let's do this. Let's move into the picks portion of the pod. Uh, take us away. All right. How did we do? Well, as as mentioned, we did have a push due to cancellation. Uh, oh, you know, hypothetical money will be refunded on those hypothetical wagers uh so we have four games that played to completion this past weekend uh jason took the crown during week 11 i guess this was he went three one and one i went to two and one logan went one three and one uh mm. that puts jason and logan tied for second at 23 19 and three on the year and i am two games ahead 25 17 and three so the pod stays allegedly in the black and we will start in blacksburg where the Hokies nearly had a top 10 upset uh and then they didn't i like honestly i watched the favorite uh, Hokies. Yeah, the favored Hokies uh, failed failed to make good on that. Um, I I had like Masters on the TV and then this game on my iPad, so I was kind of going like just eyeballing it here and there. Um, Miami again, Rhett Lashley, Galaxy Brain, too too expansive knowledge and wisdom for us to understand, but. <laughs> I do have concerns about the rhythm and kind of the the overall uh, approach of or the lack thereof. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, they're all over the place. It, it's like a uh, it's like kind of a buffet where you go in there without a plan. You just pick up a lot of stuff, put it on the plate, and that can work a lot of times because there's a lot of good options at a buffet, but. Uh, <laughs> So it's some of those plates don't look very good sometimes. Um, so yeah. I like I was watching this up until early fourth quarter, and then I headed out to run an errand and came back and uh, found that Virginia Tech's lead had disappeared. So um, it looked like the game-winning touchdown was scored with a uh, little speedy number six got got matched up on a linebacker and just pretty much roasted him on on a little slant over the middle and came <clears> for <throat> it but uh i mean hooker looked fine for virginia tech they ran yeah. the ball okay i thought tech's defense by and large did a good job of playing disciplined against miami um and for the most part limiting big plays there until the end i guess at least but um yeah Kind of, kind of sure. got a stink after losing the way Tech did to Liberty last week to then have this one. Have a scramble at the end away. again that yeah. go your way at home again. Yeah, I, I was playing golf during this, but a uh, guy I was playing with is a big Miami fan, so he had the game. We were listening to it from his cart, from oh. Bluetooth speaker in his oh. cart. How um, 
So that was, uh, yeah, so I, I heard some of this, but yeah, it just seemed kind of just like an, a weird game. Like It was a very weird game. Virginia Tech was just sort of ahead, and Miami was like not doing great and kind of chipped away at it. And then Virginia Tech just seemed like they kind of stalled out there in like the middle, second, third. It's like they the ran game. out of new stuff to do to keep Miami off <laughs> yeah. balance. I saw was Alex Kirshner had a funny tweet. I think he said uh, every Miami win is the same and every Virginia Tech loss is the same. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's really that's, true. That's yeah, true. There's like Miami's Miami's doing the thing where I think you can maybe mark their progress as a program and that they haven't coughed one of these up yet. Uh, I think they probably deserve to maybe have at least another loss this season yeah. based on you know what they did against NC State a couple weeks ago, what they did um, against Virginia Tech this week, and and how much they put like the onus of winning the game on their quarterback to just kind of go out there and make it happen. Not, not even, I mean, it's not all just throwing either. I mean, he like is, he has to really he just take like, shots on Saturday. Yeah. Brother, man, they want him to come back to listen. I wouldn't come back to just get steamrolled like that. If you're going to get drafted. So <clears throat> anyhow, uh, yeah. So I, we were wrong there, Jordan. We overthought it. I think we might've overthought it uh, or we underthought it. Mm. Jason, tell us about your insight into what what led you to making this winning pick. Because I'm pretty sure you thought you made a losing pick on Saturday. I did 100 <laughs> percent think I make. I, I mixed up. I was I was dreading the picks discussion because I somehow mixed up like four lines in my head. It, it's okay. It really bad. My head was not in the game. Um, but I, I did watch most of this game. Um, I think I watched the whole first half and then the fourth quarter. Um. Okay. And, and yeah, you guys nailed it. It's just really weird. And yeah, it looked like every other Miami win, and it looked like every other Virginia Tech loss. Like Virginia Tech's not a bad team. No. Um, they do perfectly fine things. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they they just don't. You know, they they had their rushing attack early in the year, and uh, I think what's his name is hurt. Um, yeah, they're dealing with some injuries there. Yeah, but it so looks like they found some guys. Uh, they're in that first half to like fill in and yeah. Um, I mean they ran for four yards a carry, which is fine, but like they've it, it doesn't feel like a. I, I wonder what their longest play was after Hernan Hooker. I think their first touchdown he got loose on a on a scramble and scored from like fifty three yards out. Yeah. Um, but I wonder wonder what their longest play was besides that. Because they just—they don't seem like an offense that can hit you, um, and they don't seem like a defense that can just suffocate you. And so they're just kind of there. They're like a a, a B minus to a B on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think that's you know the <clears throat> attitude that I've gotten from you know I still follow a decent amount of Virginia Tech people. Um, sure. But it it's it's apathy. I think there's a lot of apathy in the program right now, and in all directions. And um, you know the the one of their you know biggest fan sites is the key play, um, and I still follow Joe. And like the first thing that the first tweet I saw after Will Muschamp got fired was South Carolina head coach Justin Fuente sounds great. And don't so steal like, my it's, bit. <laughs> it's yeah, I know. I, I should have just been like, hey, uh, you need to cite where you're getting this. Um, yeah, this is, that's a copyrighted uh, correct act at this correct. Point. Um, but I, you know, I think, I think that they have a situation where their fan base is very 
kind of apathetic right now. And it does it doesn't help that you know they can't come to games and they can't tailgate and nobody sure. can do anything about that. That's nobody's fault at all. Uh, it's the right move, so that doesn't help matters. But like you know, they they have a lot of apathy right now, and that is that's as poisonous as anything. And um, you know, because <clears throat> Fuente's got a pretty hefty buyout. Um, sure. If if you know, there's always there's a graphic that makes the rounds pretty often of like the life cycle of Justin Fuente, where he like like upsets team he shouldn't like makes a big stir towards the end of the season, gets talked about for other jobs, announces he's coming back, everybody goes crazy, misses on a couple five star recruits, brings in three stars that nobody cares. Like it's like there's always like it's all, it's all happening. It's all like happening. The face of the clock where they are <clears> in the life cycle, and so. You know who knows what's going to happen the rest of the year. They're four and four right now. They have um, they have they go to Pitt this Saturday. They're playing on ACC Network again because I think that's uh, state Virginia state of Virginia law at this point. Yeah. Uh, then they <laughs> get a week off after Pitt, and then they play Clemson, and then they play UVA both at home. And yeah. you know it it's. How many home games do they have? I mean, they just played. Uh, one, two, they got three, four, four of their last six are home. I guess so. I mean, that's not that crazy, but four of the last five are at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's not you know if they lose the Clemson and UVA they're finishing five and six. Um, if they lose the Pit they're finishing four and seven. And so uh, against the what has to be said is not an incredible schedule. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's just a. It's, there's a lot of very weird, very weird apathy from a. You know, and say what you will about Virginia Tech fans and Virginia Tech staff, and Lord knows I have, but like apathy's never been an issue, and so yeah, yeah, sure. uh, I'm. I'm. We'll see what happens next. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know if. I know that nobody has the pockets on their own right now. Like, I don't think South Carolina dived into the general athletic budget for that buyout. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Virginia Tech doesn't have SEC boosters as much as they like to think they do. Um, don't tell them that, though. Yeah, and so I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't I don't think Forte gets fired, but I don't know. I have... <clears throat> yeah. It, it would be hard to... I know that... A, a mediocre team with an apathetic fan base is worse to have than a bad team with a passionate fan base. So yes. that's a problem that they're going to have to figure out. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's uh, It has it been interesting. Be my program. program. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I, uh, I, seem to re- I seem to recall – well, I was like, doing some pondering about Virginia Tech. And for as long as I can remember, outside of the Vic, the couple of Vic – little runs that they had they haven't really like been like that exciting of a team in general they're always just like a solid like yeah. you know blue collar for what you want to call for for all the stupid reasons that we know what that word means um they're that kind of team they always play really good defense and they kind of are like you know piece together wins um just there, there seems to be something missing there now jason and, and you're right like the the apathy thing is weird because you know, they used to. I would always allege that they were hyping up a team that wasn't very good, just basically because I didn't like the way they looked. Because <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a snob, right? And and I like I, I think college football I should be played a certain way. I think soccer should be played a certain way. I can go on and on from a stylistic thing. This is why it's been so difficult for me to just 
really fully buy into the Tony Bennett basketball experience because it's tough, it's tough for me. I'm a snob. I have a tough time with it. So that that all said, it's just it's yeah, it's it's interesting to me that they are. It seems like they have no fan like fair support now. Um, and you know they're also, they're also not going. They're not like year in year out nine and three team that they kind right. of and so and so that brings me to a little bit like of my area in that like you know if you ask if you ask anybody who followed the college football world in like in the mid aughts like more than probably any coach in the country Frank Beamer made Virginia Tech football in his image right sure. so they were this you know except in in certain circumstances they were this like yeah grinding hardworking team with like a kind of like all shucks jokingly mediocre offense a stellar defense and incredible special teams and um they would win you know for the first five years of virginia tech was in the acc they won the most acc games of any team in the conference Mm -hmm. so like they won a lot under frank beamer and did really well and they were very like you know and it's got to be said this 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 seems like a really small thing but it spirals so much they like frank beamer was famously open with the media and threw his doors open to the fans and the media and right. i i joked that when i got to virginia tech there there was never there's there's never been a local news group more in the tank for the local school than the virginia tech media was and yeah. that had since shifted to charlottesville um 100 but um well, that's but that's part of the legend that he built there, right? I mean, that's why right. that's why, and, and like that's he why got the fan base part. supported everything he did so unilaterally, right? Right, and and so um, you know, Virginia Tech loved him, and the media loved him, so they wrote good things about like it all. It all spirals, and fans got to read these really cool stories about you know the parade of you know white H backs that that Frank Beamer bought through the program that were super likable dudes, and the fans loved all those guys and. Um, like it, that, that sort of thing seems like it doesn't matter until you don't have it, and yeah, they do it, not have it. It's because, a vicious cycle in both directions, right? Because because Justin Fuente, for better or worse, has closed the doors of the program. The media is not allowed access at all. The fans are barely allowed access. He's very buttoned up in private, um, and so it, and there's been longer and better written diatribes on this uh, at various points from Virginia Tech media members and websites <clears throat> and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, if you if you want to run your program that way, you have to produce. Like yep. you have to, if, you, if you're going to only let people see the front page and the front porch of your program, that better be a really damn good decorated front porch of your program. And right now, Virginia Tech is not. And so that's, if that's the only thing people see, they're not going to stop and get out of the car and look at it. So just to destroy the metaphor even further. Yeah. So that's that's another pitch for like, Trust your SIDs and trust your communication staff and, and don't blockade everybody because of that that spirals. Anyways, I'll get I off my cell phone. Yeah, well said. No, this is an interesting conversation. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, uh, fascinating. I also don't know, like, what kind of cachet that Virginia Tech job has, like, going forward now. And not to say that Fuente took it all away. I don't necessarily think he did, but, like, is the Virginia Tech job demonstrably better than, say, Virginia right now? And I'm just, and I'm not saying that to bring Virginia into this to say that Virginia is a better job. Because I think Virginia Tech probably still is a better job. But it's like, 
the, that gap is is not what it used to be. No, it's certainly. not. And um, like, I don't know where you go for some excitement. Like, it's, it just seems like they need a shot. Virginia Tech needs like a, a shot of life. They don't need a football coach. They need some sort of zap of energy right. somehow. And I don't that's know. what I mean by you, you'd rather have a bad football team with a passionate yes. fan base than an sure. average football team with an apathetic fan base. <laughs> so cool. Okay. Good deep dive. Speaking, speaking of the news. The Who's? Yeah, they had the coveted 3.30 p.m. slot on Saturday afternoon where the entire nation could watch them on the ACC network as they took on Louisville. Um, as Jason said, this is Commonwealth ordained ordinance number whatever it is that UVA and Virginia Tech play 98% of their games on the ACC network this year. Uh, yeah, we had The Who's as maybe a, a surprise favorite in this one um they ended up pulling it out um not how about that uh it was not a comfy win it was a comfy score but it wasn't a comfy win from from where i was yeah watching. and yeah. i think the numbers bear that out i saw bill c tweeted today that uva had a 22 percent Post game win expectancy. I was gonna ask if he if he had done that. So okay, I was curious because Louisville yeah, so, had some killer turnovers in this game. Yeah. Uh, yes, they did for sure. <laughs> um, and like Louisville was playing without two of their top playmakers on offense. So Lord have mercy if those guys would have been there. This this would have gone very differently. I think. Um, yeah. Malik Cunningham is so fast. Their quarterback. I think one of the was it one of the one of the defensive ends or somebody said that after the game. He one of the Virginia defensive players was like, "Man, that dude is so fast!" Like, yeah, I'm not sure who it was, but he he runs deceptively fast, and his stride is so long that he runs a lot yeah. of ground quickly. But he also had a couple runs where it was like he looked like he was swinging out of bounds, and then. All he had to do was take one more step, and he was cutting up field, because wow. that's how good of an athlete he is. Uh, <coughs> but it also exposed like one of the problems I've had with UVA's defense for several years now is the lack of speed in the middle linebacker position. And I know like that's just typically not a fast position to begin with, but like. But when you got a fast one, you know you got a fast one. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, You're right because Zane, uh, yeah. you got Zane Zandier and Matt Gam out there, like for whatever reason, trying to spy Malik Cunningham. They have no fluidity in the hips. They got bricks for ankles. Like these guys play hard as hell. They're great run stoppers. Like I, I got nothing against them, but they cannot do that job. And it, it seemed questionable some of the ways that they were attempting to slow down the quarterback scramble. Now, all that said, like Virginia still won the game. We can still be happy about that. Um, but it it was just kind of like I I didn't leave watching that game feeling awesome about what I had seen. Sure. Happy with the result. <clears throat> didn't love what I saw. But again, like I I feel that way about UVA basketball games too because I'm spoiled and Tony Bennett puts out a superior product every year. So 
I, I get that my tastes have changed. My palate is a little different than it was at the beginning of the Bronco Mendenhall experience. Sure. Yeah, expectations are, are a little bit a little bit up. Uh, I mean, good good for Virginia for taking advantage of the turnovers and riding them to victory. That's in that's in my mind really all you can say about yeah. this. Um, Sometimes you gotta win ugly, man. Yeah, I watched most of the fourth quarter. Um, that I, I kind of tuned in right when I think Cunningham fumbled. He had like it was like a twenty nine yard run, and he just like fumbled down the field. That was just got absolutely yeah. just back. Yeah, he got it ripped out, and it was just back breaking uh, for Louisville. They they couldn't really obviously they couldn't recover from that. So um, pretty much UVA pretty much salted it away there. But uh, yeah, gotta gotta do it. Gotta win the game. The old lefty, the old lefty ginger is still out here slinging it too. Good he to ran see. The ball, he ran the ball better. Yeah. In this game, uh, made some nice reads in the red zone with the read option. Still, just threw like an absolute brutal pick uh, <laughs> early on that I think I can't remember if it got called back or not, but it, it was like it was just so bad. Um, was it as bad as the interception that was thrown in the next game that we're going to talk about involving one Michigan quarterback, Joe Milton? No, not quite that bad. Oh my god! I, and I think you, I think Armstrong's looked worse because the receiver he was thrown at fell down. Um, oh, okay, sure. But still, oh, speaking of whom, that was six seven freshman Lavelle Davis who's back in action. Thank the Lord. Yes. Um, he had an absolutely hilariously stupid taunting penalty um, <laughs> late late in the game, which kind of like I mean. It sounds weird to say it worked out well, but it was like it was on a big third down conversion, got him into the red zone. It would have been first and goal, but it backed him up 15 yards. And so they they ran some more time off the clock, essentially, and they still ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive. Um, But he like he made a good contested catch over the middle and got up and just like (laughs) stood over the guy and started flexing. And he's like six, seven. He's like two, ten. So he is yeah, real, much he's like real our friend Jason Crick. So like, <laughs> imagine Jason Crick standing over a defensive back and flexing as yeah. as hard as humanly possible, and then realizing mid flex what he had done because he saw the flag out of the corner of his eyes, and he's like, hands just go to his head. It F around like, and find out, boys. He, right. he he grew into a second year in that moment. Yeah, love to see it. I'm sure he'll run some stadiums or whatnot. Yeah, he'll run the hill a couple times. Oh, All speaking right. of running the hill, real quick, Jordan, um, Florida third string quarterback Anthony Richardson actually fired off a tweet mid game yesterday that said, "I'm." And it was literally his account and said, "I'm not supposed to be on my phone right now, but please, someone, I'm just just here to say, please give Kyle Trask the Heisman now or something." And he actually got to go in and play. So I don't know if maybe word didn't didn't uh, get to Mullen. But uh, it was just funny. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that's very serious at all. It was, it was hilarious. But, um, but like they Your actually put it, from a yeah, they put it, they put it up on, uh, they put it up on the ESPN like during the game too. They're like, oh, no, this is interesting. You know, this is Anthony Richardson. Also, oh, what would have been even better would it if they put it on the jumbotron during the game? Like, oh, like tweets from yeah, the game. <laughs> from the game. <laughs> oh man, big, big time sinister SID energy there. <laughs> That's Could've not made having that happen. your players back. Could have made also, that happen. Yeah, Richardson came in and, and promptly threw a pick, so be still my heart. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting yep. there with him. All right, continue. All right, uh, 7 o'clock game. We had Oregon at Wazoo. Oregon covered the 10-point spread here just barely. Um, I, I watched 
a chunk of the second half here, maybe like midway through the third quarter to the end of the game. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I texted you guys that like it was entertaining as hell, but I don't know how good either of these teams are. Um, sure. Which I think I would stand by that. Um, Oregon's. What's Wazoo doing on offense? Uh, they they seemed like they were doing kind of more of the same. Like they okay. they have the personnel for that, so they They're were radio type. Yeah, yeah, they were throwing it around. They they also had a QB with questionable hair. Uh, if if you want to go watch the Ken Dense game for that, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, it, I mean it was fun. There was there were. I guess they had to like plow snow off the field up in Pullman, which I was unaware of maybe would have influenced my pick, but thankfully it didn't. Uh, Cause the consensus went one and zero this week. So um, Oregon's got athletes. They've got that die kid at running back. They got another really speedy shifty kind of D'Anthony Thomas looking fella. Uh, Vernell, I believe his name was and got him on the outside several times. Verdell. Verdell. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, they're they a fun team to watch. The the QB ran a couple times adequately. Um, so I think he does that maybe a little bit better than Herbert did, which will be interesting to see. Like, Joe Moorhead was was calling some ball plays, boys, and, and that was fun to watch. He's back. He's, He's back. And another guy, probably better off uh, being yeah, a court. Better off with the with a smaller whistle. And like he he was so bundled up. Like I just want to shout <laughs> out Joe Moorhead for being the most bundled <laughs> up guy at this game, because all you could see were his eyes. He had he had the like the ski gator up right. up to the bottom of his eyes, and then he had the the whatever like balaclava thing over the top of his head and he had the hoodie with the hood up and everything was covered. It was awesome. And he was still so, not a, uh, in his bag. Not a, not a call place in the booth guy. No, he was, he was down in with, with his boys in the trenches. I feel like I'd just be dipping up in the booth, just firing off shots. I think that's definitely the way to go. You get the all 22 view. I'll get a little space heater in there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of this. I was locked in on that bizarre Ole Miss uh, South Carolina game that spilled over. The Florida game got over pretty fast, and we had like nine and a half minutes left in that South Carolina game. Things were getting a little crazy. So, uh, Jason, did you catch any of the Oregon fiasco? Nope, it right. seems fun. Though. Yeah, I, I would recommend if you got some downtime, check out the condition. I'll give you a spin. Uh, <clears throat> fourth and final. Game to completion of the weekend, Wisconsin at Michigan. Uh, guys, yeah, Logan, you and I are idiot sandwiches. Um, another another overthink for the boys. We we really tried to galaxy brain this one, and I kind of want to. I need. I have not listened to you guys last week, but I kind of want to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I don't because I don't want to be reminded of how stupid I was, but. Um, <laughs> Jason, I had this long overwrought opinion about how Wisconsin is like Utah and TCU and they, they always play down the level of their competition and they're not actually that good. They haven't played very much yet this year, so they're going to be out of shape. This is the ki- Wisconsin is the kind of team that Michigan, this year's version of Michigan, is equipped to beat. And boy, were we wrong. Oh, Supremely man. wrong. 
this year's Michigan is not beating anybody. Not even the Chanticleers. So, did you see the line for the Rutgers game? They're favored by like nine and a half or something. I th- yeah, I think it was only like eight and a half. Against Rutgers? Yeah, yeah I mean, Yikes. okay. Rutgers has actually won a game this year in the Big Ten. Right? Yeah, to their credit. <laughs> Not something Michigan can brag about. I guess Michigan did beat Minnesota, but I'm starting to think that Minnesota might be really bad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Especially after Kirk Fer- If you're letting Kirk Ferentz stunt on your grave in such a in such an obscene fashion, you can't be that good, PJ. You're going to have to get it together. Virginia Tech head coach PJ Fleck. What do you say? Oh. A lot of people South, Carolina, South Carolina head coach PJ Fleck. There it is. Yeah. Just watch it just be so annoying to Dan Mullen for the next three to five years before that star burned out. We need we need somebody in that South Carolina job who can really like get snippy with Dabo. We're looking at the wrong don't think it, places. I like that a lot. That was, be what Spurrier, that was what Spurrier just yeah. owned was like the the Dabo beef. Well, <laughs> certainly didn't own winning that game ever. He won it a couple times. Maybe at the very beginning. Yeah, because he was like, like he was Steve, right before Steven things Gar- started swinging out of control. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Garcia era. Stephen Garcia era. South yeah. Carolina might might have grabbed one, but I think it's got to be. I mean, listen, if you're if you're rooting for South Carolina to be good, it's got to be Hugh Freeze. As much as it pains me to say it. It would be fun. I mean, they, they're they're fun. They're, oh, they, Hugh it's Freeze a fun and Dabo would go to Bible study together. Yeah, but I don't on want the that. Field, I want. I want. He would be dialing it up, brother. I want bitter feelings. So, yeah. just to this is a conversation. So, Steve, hold on a second. I, I need to take one more thing. Steve Spurrier was at South Carolina from 2005 2015. And didn't they play in a bowl game one year too? Oh my the god! South Carolina. No, I, didn't they get banned from their bowl game for fighting? <laughs> I had they played South each other Carolina in a bowl game. game. That would be wild if they did. I thought so, that there was a, a brawl that involved one or both of the teams not being like disinvited from their bowl game. That rings a bell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, so uh, Steve Spurrier was at South Carolina from 05 to fifteen. Okay. Dabo has been the coach since. 08, because yeah, I think he coached that last couple games in 08 when he was the interim, and one of those was the South Carolina game. Okay. I think that was a big thing, was that as the interim, he beat South Carolina. Okay, fair enough. Um, I could be making that all up. I probably should check. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking at on your screen while you're giving us this speech? Wikipedia. Uh, oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, so Dabo took over in October. They played in November. So Clemson and South Carolina, Steve Spurrier and Dabo Stoney faced each other uh, – Eight times. What do you think the record was? Was it four and four? Or your one, probably two, two and six to, to Dabo's favorite. Jordan, you said four and four? Yeah. Steve Spurrier went five and three against Dabo's winning. What? Yeah. yeah. He won five straight from 09 to 13. Wow. When Dabo was still building the program and not running on. Who was on that team, those South Carolina teams? Is that like Steven Garcia, Marshawn Lattimore, or uh, Marcus Lattimore? I don't remember what oh, it was. Yeah, Jadivion, though, might have. That was, I feel like that was. Uh, yeah, the last couple of those were the last couple of Carolina wins with, with Jadavion because he was there like 11 to 13 or something like that. You're listening to Spurrier say Jadavion was like one of the funniest. Uh, now, listen, Jadavion, listen to me now. 
Anyways, the the scores since Spurrier left have been 56-7, 34-10, 56-35, 38-3. So we need somebody to put the juice back in that game. 56-35 is your high water mark there. That's yeah. not great. Um, yeah. Cut it to 21. Side note, I have a personal friend that uh, played uh, college football at Citadel, and he played against Jadivian Clowney in the high Citadel. school. And it was said it was one of the most terrifying things. That he's ever yeah, done. I don't blame like, him. I would he's not like, the dude is like the Terminator. He doesn't look like a human. He's so tall and big. He's like, you just like try to push on him and he just like wouldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they would do like When Jadavion made that hit against the Michigan, that famous hit, I think Spencer Hall wrote something and he was like, if I were this guy, I would just leave. Like I would just, it's not worth it. Like it's not fun. Oh, yeah. Listen, that's what Michigan gets for rolling out those weak jerseys during that game too. That, that was the worst version of Michigan's unis I've ever seen. Also, like famously, the play before that, Michigan had gotten like a straight up like they just messed up the call. Oh yeah, Ter- they got a super favorable spot. Well, no, I, I think it was like they put it on the wrong side of the first down marker, and then they single first down, and Spurry was like, "What? Wait, what?" <laughs> anyway. This is how we talk about Michigan in terms yeah. of South Carolina, Steve Spurrier. Right. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, Michigan, big time bad. Big time bad. Real Wisconsin bad. put it on them in a big way. Uh, what was it? Like, it was like 28 to nothing or something at halftime? It was, it was half. Then Michigan kicked a sad field goal right out of the half. <laughs> well, Michigan yeah. almost scored a touchdown at the end of the first half, and they, yeah. they did, and then video review reversed it. So they had fourth and goal that they got stuffed on. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's where the comeback dream died for me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I were like like five minutes before that you had texted this Michigan comeback is going to be wonderful, and then yeah. I was trying to I was trying to text in faith, and it just yeah. didn't materialize. It'd be yeah, well, like that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. That's true. Uh, uh, Michigan has Rutgers this week, and then they play Penn State, and then they play Maryland, oh, and then they gosh, go. Ahead. Michigan Penn State is going to be so bad. Yep. Yep. Really- Dude, Maryland might score fifty points on them. They're yep. just going up. They're just going up top, throwing bombs. Loxley don't doesn't give a care. New, just New Michigan coach Mike Loxley. New Michigan coach Mike Loxley. <laughs> uh, Virginia Tech head coach Mike Loxley just doesn't ring. Doesn't really have a ring. Yeah, that w- that would be problematic. That'd be tough. Tough for Beberg. Um. All right, cool. Well, so yeah, I mean, weird weekend. We had we had golf and and some games and some canceled games. We'll continue to ride this crazy train forward. Uh, I guess I'm assuming there will be more games next week that we will be thankful for and see what happens. Potentially, yeah. Any uh, any any final parting shots? Anyone else get fired while we were recording? I, I don't think so. No. Okay. Yeah, it does not appear so. Uh, Anthony Davis opted out of his option. Uh, so he's a free agent. Yeah, I saw he was. He was gonna. He was, he gonna, was gonna, gonna resign a, a yeah. different deal. I did. I did see a tweet that. Okay, the, the most hilarious thing about right now is when all of these scrubs start opting into their player options because yes. the salary cap's gonna get like Otto Porter Jr. just opted into his twenty-three million dollar yeah. deal for next year with the Bulls. I'm not mad at him. I'm just really jealous. 
Things must be going well on Sunday Night Football. Roger Sherman just tweeted, why would you ever run a play out of the Wildcat when your regular quarterback is Lamar Jackson? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> trying, to, uh, trying to make it more uh, or less predictable, I guess. I'm guessing there was another gruesome leg injury. Someone said uh, they've been at an all-time high this year. No, so not sure what happened. Don't want to know. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, Still got right. Chick-fil-A. Climb the plane. That's it. Thank you for joining us. You know what it is. Ah, ah, ah. Podcast. at gmail.com is the email. TheWheelRoute.com is the website. You can see the picks to back check and fact check Jordan and his scoring algorithms. And uh, you can also stream the show from the website. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. <laughs>